The DSO Connect 2021 retreat is right around the corner and registration is now open. We are heading to Cape Coral, Florida, July 23rd through 25th, and we also have a virtual only option. Spend a weekend with other like-minded, creative, goal-oriented studio owners. The weekend includes two days chocked full of amazing seminars by the DSO Connect team, including yours truly, and one day of implementation sessions where we sit down together and get stuff done. So by the time you leave, you've already got things checked off your list. You'll leave feeling rejuvenated and have an actionable plan to build your studio into a thriving business so you can live your best life. This is an intimate weekend where we all stay in the same fabulous waterfront estate together, so space is extremely limited. Included in your stay is all the amazing content, the implementation day, swag bag, seminar workbook, food and drink for the weekend, including adult beverages, your lodging at the estate, and the priceless connections that you'll make with all the other studio owners. Plus, you'll get a one-on-one follow-up coaching call with one of the DSO Connect team after the retreat to help you stay on track. For more information and to reserve your spot, head on over to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat 2021 tab. Don't wait too long because space is seriously limited and these spots will go fast. So again, dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat 2021 tab. We can't wait to spend the weekend with you. Welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Robin. And we are both in production week. It's recital time. It's so exciting. This is like the best part of the year. I know. I'm so excited. I just had a pretty vivid recital nightmare last night. And so I feel like I've got my checklist based off of my nightmare because it was like everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. So now I know exactly what I need to plan for. (laughs) <laughs> oh, good. So it was just like uh, your subconscious bringing mm-hmm. something to the surface. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Like, you know, the audience all showed up really early. So now I need to know, like, to keep the doors locked. <laughs> well, that's great. What a blessing. Yeah. What a blessing. What a blessing. <laughs> I used to always have the recital nightmare where I'm standing in the theater and I'm trying to get everything to get started uh-huh. and no one is listening to me. Oh, I'm like, all right, dancers, let's let's warm up, and they're all just like, nah, <laughs> like we oh, don't no. feel like it. Or oh, no. I'm trying to get the teachers, like, I need you guys to help me out, and they're like, eh, I think we're gonna go get coffee. Oh god, <laughs> like, like I have no power to organize people, <laughs> and um, that's my nightmare. Or the audience is just milling around, and I'm like, yes. everybody sit down, and they're like, nah. <laughs> It's like the worst, like when no one listens to you. I used to have these, like, I don't have them quite this bad anymore, but I used to have like catastrophic recital nightmares where like all of my students or all of my preschool age students were on a bus that had um, all the costumes on it. So it's like little kids and costumes and somehow the road washes out in front of the bus and there's a, a cliff and the bus is about to fall off a cliff and I'm in the car behind the bus. So I'm like, 
pulling preschoolers and tutus out of this bus oh from the back door. That's a pretty dramatic, Casey. <laughs> I, well, I'm nothing if not dramatic. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty dramatic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't have them quite that bad anymore. <laughs> but what I love about production weeks, and I, I don't know if you do it this way because you used to do it this way at my studio, but I love production weeks where we don't do regular classes. Um, we turn a couple of auxiliary studios into dressing rooms. So like on um, at the beginning of production weeks, the parents come in, the moms and the dads are coming in with all their racks and their bins, and they just transform the smaller studios into dressing rooms, and we call them gypsy camps. And, you know, the class moms have blankets and games for the little ones, and we've got Project Crock-Pot happening in the kitchen, and so the kids don't have to worry about... Um, bringing chick-fil-a or whatever they you know the parents keep a steady flow of healthy hot food going and there's something about eating together you know having a meal together just kind of bonds people a little bit so and then of course i get to run up to the studio and just see the dances running and um you know class moms are in the house they've got great energy and moms who come to drop off get to take a peek from the video monitor they just it an energy is felt and that's really exciting to me about production weeks I know some studios just do regular classes and then go to the theater um, we've just always done it a little bit differently and it kind of builds up this excitement um, we in typical years usually have classes up until the Monday before uh, recital weekend and then we have um, on the following day on Tuesday we usually have our big finale rehearsal mm. and our finale is like everybody yeah. in the studio is in the finale and I we weren't able to do that this year because of social distancing um, and so we are putting on a production but just no finale and so I'm like I'm really missing that that rehearsal with everybody in the room together and I'm seeing like you know the memories on Facebook that pop up of the mm. pictures from finale rehearsal and like you know the itty bitty ones and the and the yeah. old ones all together and it's it's just well, so we're fun. actually doing all that so and you are yeah we're just <sighs> it's like normal good for yeah. you that's yep. so exciting we're loving it we so took- you have two whole weeks of production rehearsals yeah, the first week is no costumes, and then um, we have th- a three-act show. So the first Monday is always Memorial Day, so that we don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And then so the first week we'll do Tuesday Act 1, Wednesday Act 2, Thursday Act 3, Friday we did Picture Day, then Saturday we did the whole show with costumes. Wow. And then um, this week we'll do Act 1 on Monday, Act 2 on Tuesday, Act 3 on Wednesday, Thursday is emergency rehearsals. So anything that's a that's a wreck has mm-hmm. to come. Yeah, we and have then, we have that day built into our um, production week. We like as to well. give it their day off so that they can kind of rest before Friday. Mm-hmm. And then Friday, our companies uh, go to the theater, just the companies, because they do the opening and finale of each act. So they mm-hmm. have all the big production numbers. So we bring the the companies in, and then on Saturday, at the theater, we do all the babies from nine to 12 and then we let them go home and we do a full show run and then this year we're doing an evening show oh no i'm sorry we're not doing a full show run we're doing um slow tech for the non-company dances Mm. um and then we would normally do a full show run but this year we're doing a saturday night show and then sunday we have two shows now the re we normally would just do the sunday shows 
but um, because of the theater will only let us sell so many seats. Right. So, but um, yeah, so production is a big giant buildup. And then at the wow. end, it's like everyone's in a coma. <laughs> I do kind of the opposite with my production. Well, on a typical non-COVID year, I do um, classes up until the Monday following Memorial Day as like a a makeup. And then Tuesday is usually um, finale rehearsal. And then if we have a ballet production number that needs to be put together with different classes, we'll have that rehearsal on Tuesday as well. Wednesday and Thursday are usually reserved for emergency rehearsals. Or no, I'm sorry. Wednesday is reserved for emergency rehearsals. And then Thursday and Friday is tech. And I don't do tech in show order, which is a little non-conventional. I do it in like a convenient order for families. So like little ones earliest, try to get siblings dances close together. Um, so Thursday is all of like our, our itty bitties and our recreational classes. And then Friday tech is our um, our older kids and our, our accelerated program. And then Saturday is our shows. Um, but actually a few years, the last time we had a recital, we did it a little differently where we had um, dry tech on Friday with just me, which is basically like running through each of the pieces without dancers and, ju- and just the lighting designer. Um, so it's like, here's a picture of their costume. Here's what we're going for, for lighting. And they create the create the looks um during that dry tech which was really cool Mm -hmm. um and then on saturday we had a full day of tech rehearsal again not in show order just in like convenience order because i try to make it as easy as possible on the parents and then sunday we had two shows and i think we i think we'll probably do it that way again because it means we rented the theater for less time Mm. rather than thursday friday and saturday we just did saturday and sunday Mm. Well, there's so many ways to do it. I always like hearing how other studio owners do it because you might get a little nugget that gives you an idea. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm excited to get back to a real regular performance. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's I'm like, I I kind of feel bad because I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for recital for this weekend, but I'm also ready for it to be done because I just want to start planning for next year. Mm, I get that. I said that to my kids the other day. I said, I'm so looking forward to going to the Polo Center, but I'm also ready to check it off the list and say that was great. It's done. And thank God. Like I, I have this feel this pressure of is it going to be fine? Is it going to be? Do we remember how to do this? Right. And we also don't have our um, uh, artistic director anymore. Uh, Miss Kira, who is like, you know, a legend here. So mm-hmm. we don't have her this year. This is our first time doing it without her. So I also feel that pressure to, um, you know, deliver live up to it yeah yeah and i will say my team is doing an amazing job of um and that's so, what we want to talk about today really mm-hmm. is how to um systematize your recital and and plan the day so that um we can enjoy the day and not yes. be running around like a chicken with our heads cut off right because the more stressed you are as the leader of the whole operation the more stressed everyone is underneath of you and that's the last thing that you want your students and parents to experience is stress you know they're going to be anxious and nervous regardless but you don't want them to be stressed out you want them to be you know just focusing on their job on stage or backstage and just having a good time so that way it's not like this event that looms large in their head as some scary ordeal um and i used to be that stressed out yelling 
director in my early days. And now since actually, Robin, since you told me about what you you take your role to be now, I've totally flipped it around. And it's been really um been really life-changing for me and my recitals. So Robin, tell us your um your philosophy on the studio owner's role at recital. Sure. And just one sentence about my role in production. Um, Normally, I'm I pop in and I leave, you know, like I'm not here all night long. I don't need to be this year. I am because I'm because it's this year and and I feel like I'm I forgot how to do everything. So I need to you know what I mean? We're kind of rebuilding things back up again. But normally, whether I'm here or not, things will run smoothly. And I think that's really key. Um, that we set things up in a way where things run just fine, whether we're there or not. Mm-hmm. Because God forbid something should happen where you have a family emergency. Um, you know, in my seventh year in, I delivered a baby on the day of the recital. And you sure did. I was there. I remember that. <laughs> my second son, Alex, was born on the day of the recital, which is a whole other story. I'll tell you one day, or tell everybody else one day over wine. But um, <laughs> it was... If I had it been today, it would have been fine. I just wouldn't have gone to the theater. I would have said, everything is fine without me. I'll watch the video and I'm sure it's going to be great. But instead, I had to run tech rehearsal while having labor pains all day long. And then um, absolutely bananas. (laughs) And then I left to have the baby and um, had the baby that night and missed the darn show. but literally, had I been further along in my studio owner journey, it would have been different. So basically, what I do is um, the weekend of the show, um, we do load in on Friday. I am not there at all for load in. Um, my husband and the boys uh, come to the studio with the trailer. Rachel, our costume mistress and um, props manager, has everything that needs to go to the theater piled up neatly at the loading dock door so she's in touch with um she's in touch with wally wally knows to just load it up he takes it to the theater he unloads it rachel meets them there rachel puts everything where it needs to go um after school the kids start arriving at the theater to um start doing their their tech rehearsal they can arrive without me there because they all know. One one thing I will say that's really helpful is using the same theater each year so that the families know exactly what the routine is. And the new families will just follow along with the with the fish and, you know, they'll they'll figure it out. But if everybody has to learn a whole new system every year, that really is a strain for the studio owner. So I would say if you can um, make a form of relationship with a theater that you can use for year after year after year. So I'll stroll in when they're about to start rehearsing and everyone's all moved in and the dressing rooms are up and the crock pots are going and, um, you know, everybody's completely calm and I'll sit down and watch the rehearsal. And then if I get tired around 10 o'clock, I'll just leave. <laughs> I'm like, bye. Or, or if I need a, to get some air, I'll ask them if I, they want me to get them some coffee and I'll run out and get some coffee and come back and everything just runs without me. So another thing that's been really helpful, though, is having a theater that has their own um, their own crew. So where we where we have our performances, we've got, you know, their lighting designer, their sound engineer, their stage manager. Um, 
So everything is professionally handled. You know, um, I know Heather said that she was struggling a little bit with getting her people trained into how to put on a show. Well, these people, that's their job. So you pay a little extra for that, but it sure is nice to know that your show is in good hands. And if you are maybe at a, you know, not that top tier level of, of venue, maybe you're at the local high school or something. Um, again, if you can, if you can find tech people, the crew to be your reliable people year after year so that they learn your systems and they understand how you do things, um, you know, that, that really helps. In my last venue, um, well, I've used the same production company for my lights and sound, and they um, they say that I'm like their favorite recital to do every season because they love my cue sheets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've actually taken actually one time they were like, can I can I borrow this? I just want to show this to my other studios so that they can use this cue sheet format. And I was like, yes, you may. And tell them who gave it to you. <laughs> and tell them to join DSO Connect. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's great. That's yeah. really important. Keeping um, things consistent and, and working with the same team, even if they're external people of your studio from your studio is, is really important. Yeah. And in that regard, um, we usually have like Saturday was our full show run in the studio. And Nicholas was there with the video camera and he recorded the whole thing. And then he did all the tech notes. So then this morning he emailed the video and the tech notes to the Polo Center crew. So now this week they can take a look at the show in rehearsal and see like, okay, these costumes are silver. So we're gonna do, and then the notes might say, we really need this kind of lighting or whatever. And so they can start putting some things together so that by the time we get there on Friday, it's not all brand new. So that's an important piece of it too. That's brilliant, I love that. Um, Then, you know, I, I think that it's when you're f- trying to figure out your systems, break down each kind of job responsibility, but literally write it on paper. Like I literally, I have my tech crew, I have my teaching team, I have my class moms, I have my project, my hospitality crew, which is like Project Crockpot. I have um, the flower sale people. Um, I have the people who are working on the program booklet. I have the videographer, and sometimes there's a photographer. But literally, like map it all out. So each each one of these committees, let's just call them committees, just for for fun. Um, so each committee needs to be completely aware of what their responsibilities are. There should be. Um, in some cases, they're going to be independent contractors. So you might have, um, you know, they're completely autonomous. Like I don't micromanage the photographer. The photographer knows exactly how to run their own business. I don't micromanage the videographer. But if we can make each one of these committees, so to speak, autonomous by heading them up with someone needs to be in charge. So let's use the class moms, for example. There's a head class mom. And then there is a class mom or two for each group, each class, if you will. And um, so all the class moms answer to the head class mom. So I'm not getting emails all day long from class moms. If Kelly can't answer the question, then I never 
then then she'll come and ask me a question but for the most part the questions are pretty simple what color tights where do I go what time you know what I mean so then also the class moms are in charge of disseminating information to the moms so the moms if they have a question they don't call Kelly the head class mom they call their class mom and so each class mom is responsible for making sure that their regular moms have all of the schedules and information and this and that and um, and so it's a simple hierarchy of you know supervision or, or it's 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 not rocket science but we don't always think in those terms we just think everybody just chip in and we'll do it no everyone needs to know exactly what their role is and make sure that your head class mom is someone that used to be a class mom who is someone that used to be a regular mom so that she's done it from all you know you, you trickle up the ladder and so she knows what it's like to be a regular mom feeling overwhelmed and new she also knows what it's like to be a class mom and so now she has all the answers to all the questions another thing that's really important is to give people power to handle situations without asking you I do not need Kelly to call me and ask me if Lily can be five minutes late on Saturday the class moms can decide that for themselves I do not care if Lily is five minutes late um, I care if somebody has a fever and are we going to reblock the whole dance? You know what I mean? But, you know, the little things, I, they shouldn't even get to me. Um, so I think that that would be a really good exercise for anyone who's trying to really just streamline it. Write out all your little committees and figure out who's going to do what. And it might be too late for this year, but certainly... Um, if, if you haven't had if you haven't had your recital yet this year, I still don't think it's too late. It might be too late to organize a whole hierarchy of class moms, but I think even for like tasks for a recital day, I mean, what I do every year is I'm, you know, usually up at like three in the morning because I can't sleep because I'm so excited. And so I will sit there and write out every little every little teeny tiny task that needs to get done on recital day, and then I'll assign it to a person. That's maybe, key. That's maybe. Key that person is my mom and maybe that person is my boyfriend and maybe that person is you know a dance mom or one of my teachers but it's assigned to someone and it's not me and so at our morning meeting before you know the morning meeting the morning of the show i go over all of those things and so i write down a list for um jackie i write down a list for uh meredith a list for you know, Mary, a list for every single person. And so they know exactly what they need to be doing. And that frees me up to be doing not nothing, but yeah. to be doing the hospitality stuff. That's really important for student retention mm -hmm. to help these kids feel good and feel like I really care about them instead of me, like pushing them aside when they want a picture with Miss Casey, you know, so I can like run off and put out a fire. Um, you know, I'm like, oh my God, yes, I would love a picture with you. Oh my God, thank you for the flowers. Oh my God, yes, you did such a good job. And, you know, talking to parents and talking to grandparents. I love talking to grandparents. That's like the best. <laughs> and, you know, instead of you're dealing with the flower sales, you're dealing with the last minute whatever's, yep. you know, you can be that hospitality person. What you said is so important because I think a lot of young studio owners fall into this trap. I certainly did of where the night before your head is running or even the week before your mind is racing. I have to do this. I have to do this. And we just keep those things for ourselves. As mm -hmm. soon, and then you might not have time to finish it or you're rushed or you forget to finish it. Just pass it off. Mm -hmm. And then it's 
you could pretty much check it off of your own list. You know, and that way people aren't coming to you throughout the day saying, okay, what's next? What, what can I help with? They already know what they can do next. They already know what they can help with because you've told them already. Yeah. And another thing that's really helpful is um, if someone says, hey, I have a question about flower sales. Go ask the flower mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have a question about costumes. Go ask Rachel. I don't know. And, and you train people that you are not the source of all the answers. There right. are certain people and make sure that it's clear, you know, like Rachel's the costume person, you know, Miss Kelly is the head class mom, you know, Miss Sydney or whoever is the head crockpot mom, but make it clear who these people are so that people don't bog you down with this. Mm-hmm. You should be kind of untouchable. Like you said, you do want to be able to mix and mingle, but it shouldn't be problem solving really the day of the, of the show. Uh, or leading up to the show, you should be, if there's a problem that comes to you, you should delegate it to another person. And the more you do that, the more you train your team to Mm -hmm. be self-sufficient and they take ownership of their little committee or their job because they know it's all on them. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, well, if I don't do it, someone else will pick up. No, it's your job. If the video stinks, it's because the videographer didn't do his job. You know, have you ever heard the... um, I don't know, it's the story that my dad used to tell me all the time. He was like um, the the one dad who would tell his, he was trying to teach his son um, to be responsible and, and to um, have a job and, and all that kind of thing. And he started off by giving him the job around the house of mowing the lawn. And the one dad just micromanaged the kid to death. So he was like, all right, Saturday morning, we're going to mow the lawn. Let's go. And they would go out to the garage together and they would, and the dad would say, this is how you pour the gas in the thing. And this is how you start the lawnmower. And this is what you, oh, 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 you're doing it wrong. Up, oh, up, oh, up, oh, you're, da, da, da. and he micromanaged the kid to death and he's rolling his eyes and the kid just didn't enjoy it. And, and after a while, the whole project fizzled. But the dad up the road said, okay, I'm going to teach you once how to mow the lawn and then the job is yours. And at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning, I expect to see you mowing the lawn. And at one o'clock, I expect it to be done. And at one o'clock, I will walk out there and I will tell you what you did wrong. And then you'll do it again. But if it's all right, then you get to go hang out with your friends. And which dad do you think didn't have to worry about the lawn being mowed, you know, a couple weeks later? Right, exactly. You train your people how to do mm-hmm. it. Don't micromanage them. Don't do it for them. And then, um, and, and also give them responsibility for it. So right. you, can, you can also say, you know what, I'm, you can even say, I don't care how you do the flower sales. I don't care if it's daisies or roses or what, just do the flower sales. Right. One thing I can also say is the more you keep things evergreen, the more you keep things and systems the same every year, the easier things are. And I cannot stress enough the power of videos. If you can take a, if you can make a training video of any single simple job, even if it's just ushering, even if it's just ticket sales, even if it's just flower sales, whatever it is, then you can just email that YouTube link to everybody who signed up to do, to do that volunteer position and your training is done. You That's don't have brilliant. to worry about training those people on recital day. And also if you have a membership site through Kajabi, yes. like we, we train you to do, um, <laughs> you can also just have a chapter in there that says, you know, how to run the flower sale committee, right. how to be a class mom or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whichever your, your method of delivery is, it's all the same. So yeah. the day of the recital or during the show, I do not personally 
put myself backstage. Um, well, let, let's rewind a smidge. Right before the show, we have certain rituals and traditions that we always do. Um, so everybody gives gifts while, like right before, I like them to give gifts like um, kind of in the hours leading up to the show when we have a break between the the run through and the performance or whatever, or the warm up. And that, you know, there's lots of love backstage and there's gifts being given and there's pictures and everyone's starting to get really excited. And then we have costume and makeup and um, then we do an energy circle right before the show. And um, everybody, we, we had to implement um, a new kind of rule which is we have to have a guard at the door of the stage when we do the energy circle because what was happening was the graduates would come back in the middle of I would tell them that come to the show I'll give you VIP seats and I want you to come you know come back for the energy circle but if they came back in the middle of my energy circle they would totally steal my thunder I'm like, I have everyone's attention. We're all like in the mood. And then here comes a graduate in the wings and no fault of her own. She just arrived. And all the little girls like, oh my God. And then I lost my audience. So we (laughs) literally tell the graduates, don't come back. If you, if you, if you're going to come back, come back. 15 minutes before show, not five minutes before show. Right. Um, but you, you'll you add these little layers, but you have to remember that for every year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to make sure that somebody knows that they have to get the security guard or a dad or something to put them there. So that has to be part of your little routine because you shouldn't be scrambling around doing that at the last minute. So then after the energy circle, um, I go take a seat in the audience and there's usually enough time for me to kind of mix and mingle with people as they're coming in and I like to give a lot of hugs and um, you know greet people it's like I'm it's like my party like people are coming to my party and I literally stand like in my seat um, which is kind of in the center of the theater near the, the sound booth and I just greet people and wave and shake hands and I've got a nice dress on and I have my hair done and everything and then the show starts and I watch the show. Usually my dad is there with me and he gets such a kick out of everything. Um, and then during the intermission, I have a little basket full of Hershey Kisses and I mingle through the audience and I just, because when they see, now, I've been doing it long enough that when people see Miss Robin coming with a basket full of chocolate, people like want to talk to me, especially <laughs> little little boys <laughs> um, who normally would care, could care less about me, right? Um, but it breaks the ice and allows me to have a conversation with people about the show. Like, um, I'll say, hi, would you like some chocolate? And they're like, really? Like, if they're if it's their first time, they're like, you're giving me chocolate? I'm like, hi, I'm Miss Robin. Who are you here to see? Oh, I'm here to see Grace. And I'll say, oh, I love Grace. Grace is doing such a great job. We're so glad to have her part of the, the studio. And then if it's their first time, they'll usually say something very compliment, like, oh, we love this program, you know. Um, we're really happy, blah, blah, blah. If it's a family that you know, tried and true, it's a lot easier to have the conversation, but you just mm-hmm. want to mingle. You want to like shake hands with people and give hugs and, and you know, spread love. And I always try to deflect the compliment back to their child or to yes. my team. Yes. So if someone says, wow, you know, this production is really great, I'll say, Kira, Miss Kira did a great job. Or yes, the dancers are sparkling and your daughter is. And I always try to think of one thing that I can say about their daughter that's specific. Right. Like, um, oh my gosh, did you see that one section where she was doing that little Mariah Carey thing? And they're like, oh my God, that's my baby. And I'm like, yeah. I love her. But to really make a, a, a genuine 
connection with them mm-hmm. that's not generic. That's the same thing you said to the person right, you know, right next to them. Um, it really makes a world of difference. And we have two intermissions, so I get to do that twice. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the show, I sneak out like during the finale and I run around so I can come out for bows. And then when the curtain goes down, there's this big energy scream or, you know, this big scream of relief and there's sweat and tears and, you know, hugs and whatever, all that love backstage, which is wonderful. But then I go out into the lobby afterwards and schmooze with parents again. Mm-hmm. And by the time I get backstage, the class moms have had, they've all, de- they've cleaned up their dressing rooms, packed up all the costumes. They've been delivered to the lo- loading dock. My boys are loading it in the truck. The crockpot moms, all the crockpots are gone. The um, place is vacuumed. It's clean as a whistle. Um, all the, the, everybody just does their thing. Mm-hmm. And I literally get in my car like literally I even assigned one of my sons he knows to go get my things out of the dressing room that I had packed up before the show they put them in my car and my boys are usually like mom let's go just get in your car and I get in my car we drive to a restaurant where everyone goes and again I walk around the restaurant with a glass of wine and (laughs) I'm just like oh my god your kid was awesome and just receive the love yes and you know, I didn't really do much. I mean, I did a lot mentally. And over the years, I earned the earned my way to this position. But if you let people know what to do, they will do it for you. If you right. hold on to it for yourself, then you're going to be sweaty and you're going to miss the restaurant. Right. And you're not going to enjoy the whole experience. Yep. It's like having a wedding. Yes. Like, exactly. Ad- like exactly. It's so not that I've ha- gotten married or anything, but I have been a wedding planner before. And I always tell couples that it is, even if you don't have like an overall wedding planner, it's such a good idea to have a day of coordinator because you don't want to have to be worrying about paying the caterer and, you know, telling the the band where to set up and that all is- these little details. You want to enjoy the experience. This is a dance recital is like a wedding for hundreds of small children. <laughs> But but what you're saying is key. But you, the studio owner, should not be the wedding planner. Right. You should be the bride. Yes. Even yes. though it's, you know, you've got a whole it's bunch of little brides. It's not about you. It's about the kids. No, but, like, but, but it's when still- you organize it, you should organize it in a way where you don't have to do all the tasks. Exactly. Other people are doing them and you are there to spread love. Handshakes, hugs, and high fives. Yep. That's my job. Greeting your guests thanking them for coming, all of that good stuff. And giving gifts. And giving gifts, but not doing all the actual nitty gritty stuff. Yeah. So uh, the last thing I have to say about the whole thing is um, I usually get a case of wine or two and just hand out bottles of wine to people (laughs) backstage with uh, like the crew, the tech crew loves, you know, and if I know over the years that so-and-so doesn't drink wine, but they like scotch or whatever, I'll make, um, I know that I made a note of it. And, um, you know, so-and-so doesn't drink at all. So I'll get them like a bag of expensive coffee beans or something. Um, but just, I just give things out to people. Oh, the other thing I've done is, um, there's a local bakery that does these really fancy, like little cannolis and I'll order just a big tray of tiny mini like pop them in your mouth decadence and I'll walk around with a silver platter to the class moms and just and and I don't let the kids have sugar backstage so 
that I, you have to be prepared for the kids to be like, can I have one? And you have to be prepared to say, this is for the class moms. You know, you're performing. You can't have sugar. But um, this is to thank the class moms for all that they're, they're do- doing. Um, don't you think the class moms deserve something special? And then that usually they're like, yes, we love our class moms. And then, you know, you keep the tray up high. <laughs> but, but when you've got exhausted moms backstage pulling like a weekend long event, just a cannoli. <laughs> Is like, oh my God, thank you. I just, I love this cannoli right now. I, the last time we had a real recital, uh, I guess 2019, I had enough free time the day before the recital where I hand wrote a thank you card to every class mom and put in like a $5 Starbucks gift card in there and hand delivered them to each class mom on recital day. And they were like, how did you have time for this? And I was like, I have a really great team. Yes, always deflect it back to your team. I we're really organized. We've done this a <laughs> couple of times. <laughs> yep. And I have a really great team. <laughs> or or you could and also say because we appreciate you so much we made the time. Right. Yes. That too. It was a high priority. It was a high priority. And I think yeah. like making those people feel appreciated really is a high priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But gosh, it's just so important to not give yourself tasks on recital day because that's mm-hmm. not what you should be doing. You should be cool, calm, and collected. And if mm-hmm. someone comes to you with some sort of an emergency, um, you just, uh, you know. One time, oh, listen to this. This was a couple years ago. I almost forgot about it because I, I can't believe it. But we were literally sitting in the audience waiting for the show to start. I was doing all the schmoozing. Everyone's in their seats. And the show's not starting. And the show's not or maybe it wasn't after an intermission. I'm like, seems like we should be starting. Seems like we should be starting act two. And um, I look over at the sound booth and people are looking a little bit like, like, you know, something's going on, but nobody said anything to me. And um, I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, all right, we're running a little late to start. And I was like, what's going on? And they were like, don't worry about it. It's all under control. Because there was literally nothing that I could do. There was a problem with the sound system, like it um, overheated or, or the lights, something, something that there was nothing that I could do about it. So why would they come and tell me? Like literally, I mean, there was nothing. Sometimes I'll go backstage at the end of the show and someone will say, oh, did you see that? And I see somebody with like an ice pack and crutches <laughs> or, oh, did you see so-and-so got an injury? No, I didn't. I didn't know. But you know why? Because they handled it. Because there's plenty of capable people backstage. I don't need to run backstage in my high heels. Like, oh my God, like I'm going to be a medic. Like, <laughs> I'm sure there are so many people backstage who are more qualified than me to handle getting an ice pack and maybe getting this girl to the emergency room or whatever or calling her mom. Or There are people to do that. I was not needed. And it was fine. It was fine. And that's... Mm-hmm. That's the important ending of that story is that yeah. it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it goes around here. Oh, yeah. If you feel like this is totally unattainable for you, I highly recommend just sitting down and writing out a list of all the things that need to be get that need to get done on show day or all the things that need to get done during production week and just assigning those tasks to people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you have a team, or if you have volunteers, they are there to do a job, not just sit around and wait for you to think of something to to give to them to do. You while, need, you're like, running around. while you're running around trying to put out all the fires and being a headless chicken. Like yeah. 
if you, the more prepared you can be and the more systematized you can be in in delegating all of these little teeny tiny minute tasks because like i think my mindset used to be oh it's just a small thing i can do it nope but those little small things add up to a whole day of a giant clusterfuck (laughs) and it's it's so much easier if you just write it all down assign it to a person and then make sure everybody knows what they're doing yep yeah (sighs) so next time we talk it'll be you and i um having our being in the dun club Yes. I won't be on the podcast next week, but the other ladies will be. You guys are going to do recital recap. Yes, I'm so excited. We're all, it's going to be um, the five of us. So the whole DSO Connect team minus Robin, you'll be you'll be traveling. Um, but we will be talking about our recitals and what went well that we can keep for the future, what didn't go well that we can adjust and, and, um, and move forward from. Um, I'm excited for that conversation. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's end on a happy note. Yeah. Robin, what's your hard happy moment? So I may have told you guys in passing that my kid was, my youngest kid was supposed to go to Berkeley and it was like the dream school. He was going to, you know, be a musician in Boston and all that. And we've been marching in that direction for a couple years. And he's done a couple summer sessions there and did virtual last fall. And it just kept the universe or God just kept telling me that this is not the place for you. This is mm-hmm. not the place for you. And all of a sudden, one day he said, I mean, okay, so this is the day after I signed a lease for an apartment in Boston <gasps> and paid like a $1,500 deposit. No. He's like, Mom, I think I want to go to Nashville. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Turn the car around. Like, okay, we're going to Nashville. So, um, of course, it, you know, we have to undo the apartment situation, which we did. And we undid oh, the, I got my money back. I had, but I had to find another kid to live in the apartment in his place. And that's oh like hurting gosh. cash. Um, so we got that all situated and we found a school um, that was really kind of speaking to both of us. That's 10 minutes outside of Nashville. It's called Lipscomb University. And it's a Christian school and it's kind of a new adventure for us because while like I was telling you this morning like while we believe in Judeo-Christian values and it's always been you know kind you know we do Christmas and you know it's just we're not practicing religious people right Um, the school jumped out at us and it's kind of calling us a little bit and he's very excited about it and hoping to use it as a launch into the Nashville music scene and you know sometimes the path that you think you're supposed to be on when the too many doors are shutting in your face and too many signs are pointing wrong way danger ahead um maybe you just need to listen to those things and and sometimes our kids know Mm. because i could have been like hell no i we already did all this we already did this 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 meaning i already did all this and no i'm not going to undo it and then do it again in another school but sometimes our kids know and um yeah, and better to make that switch now before he starts than to, you know, dump a whole year into a school that he doesn't like and then have to do it anyway. Right. Yeah. So anyway, as tangled up as all that is, I feel relieved that we're kind of walking towards sunshine instead of walking yeah. towards this big question mark. That's so exciting. Yeah. What about yeah, you? Oh, what about me? Um so this past weekend was you know the weekend before the recital and typically i am a total mess of 
getting stuff done for the show. But this year I, I wasn't, and I was able to like relax and enjoy my time. And on Saturday, um, well, Josh was out of town and took both the dogs with him. So I like basically did nothing all day on Saturday, which sounds very, um, it was a very lazy day. And I like allowed myself to have a lazy day without feeling guilty about it. But I like went through my checklist of recital stuff and I was like, I can delegate all these things and or get them done next week. I can really take the time right now to relax and watch four hours of New Girl on a Saturday afternoon. (laughs) And it was delightful. I just hung out with the cat and we watched some TV. I watched some true crime and um, it was just great. (laughs) Sometimes you got to do that. Otherwise, you're a wound up bundle of nerves. And that's not good for anybody. No, it's not. It's not. So I've got my list all planned out for everything that has to happen this week and who's doing what. And um, and we're going to get it done. It's going to be great. Great. Yay. All right. Well, that's a wrap and um, have a great show. Yes, you too. Married to you and all your kiddos. All right. right. We will see see each other on the other side. Yes. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, That's the easiest way that you can help us get our show out there and help more people. Um, And if you haven't yet, please do sign up for the DSO Connect Retreat, which is July 23rd through 25th in beautiful and sunny Cape Coral, Florida. There's also a virtual only option if you don't want to travel or if you can't travel for whatever reason, there is a virtual, uh, virtual only option as well which is, um, you know, you get all the seminars that we're doing throughout the weekend um, and you just don't have to travel. So it's a great, a great deal. So hope to see everybody in Florida or online in July. And we will be back next week with another episode of the DSO Connect podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.